Welcome to podcast number 110 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. It's hard to imagine that we started this podcast about one year ago this week, and we're very excited about what's taking place and what God has in store for us in this new year and the years to come. You know, we've covered a lot of topics on the Quality Christian Living podcast. Topics like faith, prosperity, generosity. We've talked about finance, even a number of lessons on how to be debt-free. A lot of those were based on books that I've written, and I won't talk about those now, but I use those many times as my own research material for these podcasts. I feel led, though, by the Holy Spirit to talk about life issues that we're all facing. I was a pastor, a business owner, a banker, and an Army veteran. I also taught college courses in banking and finance for a number of years. So with that, I'm not boasting. I'm just giving you some of my experiences so that you might better understand my background. And before we get going, let's pray and ask for the Holy Spirit's guidance. Father, I thank you once again for another opportunity to bring a podcast to individuals, Father, quite frankly, in many places throughout this world. Pray that you would bless it and anoint it. And now I yield to the Holy Spirit for your guidance and direction. Pray that you would lead us into areas that you already have prepared. Help my heart to express what you've done, Father, and help my mind to express the experiences you've given me, Lord. Most of all, Father, anoint this teaching so that it'll reach out to those who are listening today and that their lives will be changed, Father, and they'll become stronger Christians, live a quality Christian life, and able to gain a better understanding of how to deal with the challenges of life we face. We thank you for it now and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. As I've mentioned before on other podcasts, we've covered numerous topics on the Quality Christian Living podcast. Topics dealing with our faith and our prosperity and generosity and finance and how to become debt-free and a number of issues that I believe we'll be discussing at various lengths as the Spirit leads us. I feel led, though, of the Holy Spirit at this time to talk about specific things in life issues that we face, things like making good decisions. You know, with my background, I believe I've been blessed to be able to interact with a lot of people, literally thousands of people in various aspects of their lives. Because of these experiences, I believe we can cover a plethora of topics like how to make good decisions. We'll we'll cover that today. That's going to be today's topic. We'll be covering things like how to find peace. You know, when it comes to finding peace as a pastor for 20 years, the number one thing that I found people seeking advice and direction and help on was peace. Finding peace. Another was to find their purpose in life. So we're going to talk about in upcoming podcasts about how to know your purpose in life. We're going to talk about how to gain wisdom before we make certain decisions and how to experience financial success. A number of people are always interested in finding more about how to be more successful in their finances and also to gain spiritual growth and spiritual success in your life. In addition to that, we'll be covering issues like having a great marriage and raising godly children. So with all that, I hope I've increased your interest in these podcasts and that we'll be able to be led by the Holy Spirit to guide and direct them. Now, I don't have all the answers, but I have a personal relationship with the one who does. He's my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He has unlimited wisdom, knowledge, about every issue that any of us will ever face. I'm very excited. I really am. And I'm filled with anticipation and expectation of what God is going to do in these podcasts. So let's get started with a couple of scriptures and see where the Holy Spirit leads us. As I mentioned before, today's podcast is entitled, How to Make the Right Decisions. We're going to look at Psalm 46.10. It's a powerful verse. It's a scripture, I believe, that gives us kind of a foundation of where we should start before we make decisions and 
build a foundation from. So I'm reading in the New Living Translation, Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. You see, what that scripture tells me is that we're supposed to wait upon the Lord before we make a decision. That we're supposed to be still and know that He's God. He's in charge. He has all authority. He has all wisdom. He has all knowledge. He has all understanding. And His ways are greater than ours. So with that, we've got to stop many times before we make a decision. And we need to seek the face of the Lord. Now, how do we do that? Well, obviously, the first thing we should do is go to prayer. We should pray and seek God's guidance. Say, Lord, I need help in this area. I need your instructions. I need your help. I need your guidance. I need you to take me in the direction I should go and to lead me in the right direction and help me not to make a wrong decision or to take a step in the wrong direction. And we can do that through his word. As we go to his word, we start getting guidance and direction. This is the first step that I like, and that is to be still before the Lord. Just sometimes before you're facing a decision, before you're sitting there thinking, well, what should I do? And take take your time. Be patient. A person who makes good decisions is a patient person. A person who makes good decisions is one who has a sense of control in their life. They don't need to do everything instantly tomorrow and try and make quick decisions. Quick decisions many times lead to quick problems and quick challenges. So with that, we should be still and wait upon the Lord, pray first, get his word out and seek for a direction. Now, a lot of people say, well, where do you go in his word in order to understand where to get that direction? Well, I believe the book of Psalms and the book of Proverbs are two of the greatest books to give guidance and directions for making decisions in life. When it comes to our finances, you can't find a better place to go, I don't think, in the word, than to start with Proverbs chapter 3. When you want to make a decision in your finances, go look up at Proverbs chapter 3, starting at verse 1. It says here, My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years, and your life will be satisfying. Then it talks about, let's jump down to verse 5. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Verse 6, Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Verse 7, Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And it goes on and on. I can't think of a better place to start than to just get into your heart and get into your mind the book of Proverbs in chapter 3. It helps you. It gives you direction, gets you guidance. So with that, that would be the first step that we'd take. The next step is to go to the book of Isaiah in chapter 55. Now, when you want to make a decision, we need help, right? We need guidance and direction. So in chapter 55, and starting at verse number 8, here's what it says in the New Living Translation. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now, the reason I want you to get that scripture in your mind is because God usually has a better plan in helping us make the right decision. He knows the answer to every decision that we need to make. He created the heavens and the earth. He certainly does not lack for knowledge or wisdom, and he has a better plan than ours. And so therefore, we should seek him. We should be still before him. We should seek his face. And then we should also realize that if we pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to guide us and give us direction, that we can then literally receive the thoughts and the mind of Christ. We can be led by the Spirit of God to make the right decision. Let me give you an example. There are times when we're in church and the pastor gets up and says, there's an offering we need to 
could take. And if you can help this missionary or whoever's in the church visiting that day, I want you to bless them. And so we pray. We should pray. We should be still before the Lord and pray. Here's a decision you need to make. And so with that decision, you're sitting there thinking, okay, what should I do? So you ask the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will give you guidance and direction. Sometimes you say, well, I don't want to necessarily be that spiritual about it because maybe the Holy Spirit wants me to give more than I have. Well, God's not in the business of causing us to go broke financially. The Holy Spirit doesn't cause us to run into financial problems. We do a good enough job that on our own, getting ourselves into difficult problems and challenges because of poor decisions that we've made. But we must always be still first, seek God, see what he should do, and maybe we should give into that offering or maybe we should not. There's times that we are not to give to a certain thing because the Lord has something else in in store for us. You know, that's why the word tells us his thoughts are nothing like our thoughts and his ways are far beyond ours. So let's seek the Lord and seek guidance and direction before we make those kind of decisions. Now let me digress just a little bit and go back and talk a little bit about the fundamental thoughts that I have about good decision making. Decisions are something that everyone faces daily. You know, when we get up in the morning, we've got to decide, what are we going to wear? Are we going to have breakfast or not? And if so, what are we going to eat for breakfast? On our route to work, our drive to work, or whatever you get on to go to work, you decide whether you want to stop for a coffee or not. These are decisions, decisions, decisions. We face them every day. A lot of folks kind of think, well, I don't really think about those things. I just slap something on and I just kind of go from there. I kind of operate from my shooting from the from the hip side, if you will. That just seems basically means making a statement or I do something based upon whatever feels good at the time. That's not the why, the right way for us to be led into making good decisions. But, you know, decisions are things that we face. And some people think, well, I don't really have those kinds of decisions because I live a very quiet life. No, you still have made a decision to have a quiet life. You made a decision to work or not to go to work, a decision to spend or not to spend. Those are things that we all do. And we've sometimes made good decisions and sometimes good and bad decisions. Now, let me ask this question. Have you ever made a bad decision? Think about that for a second. You probably don't have to think very long and you'll come up with one. I know I have. I know that in business, when I was running our real estate development company, we had to make a lot of decisions every day. Sometimes they were decisions that would affect the company greatly financially. Other times it might have to do with staffing or it has to do with a decision to borrow funds or whatever it might be. And those decisions need to be planned. They need to be organized. We had to sit down and make a list of reasons why we should make this decision or why we should not make this decision. There's no difference in your daily life than than if you were running a corporation. There are decisions that we have to make. A lot of people think that, well, because they don't own a company or because they don't have, they're not married or they don't have children, whatever, that their life doesn't have that many decisions to be made. No, that's not true. We all face them daily and we need to be prepared. And what prepares us to make good decisions is to have the word of God deep in our heart, to be a person of prayer, to be a person who realizes that decisions make a big impact on us. Now, let me give you another example about the decisions that we've all made. Look where you are financially today. If you were to go to the bank and total up how much money you have in your accounts, total up the value of your home and total assets and come up with what we call a net worth, what you're worth financially today. Let me just make this statement. The sum total of where you are financially today is based upon all the decisions that you've made in your finances from the day you started making those decisions to this date. Everything that we've done in our life financially 
was affected by a decision of some type or another. In our business, if we made a bad decision on purchasing a piece of property, then we might have to live with that for years before we could work our way through it or sometimes sell something at a loss. In your finances, you might be in a position of shopping for a car today and you're thinking about buying an automobile. That's a big decision. You might be looking for a home to buy a home today. That's even a bigger decision. As a matter of fact, the biggest decision that most people make in their entire life is when they decide to purchase or to rent a home and then decide how much they're going to spend for that rental property or for that home that they're purchasing are going to buy on payments. I don't mean cash. They're just simply going to borrow money, put money down and get a loan and get a house. That is a gigantic decision. And yet some people will make decisions like that very quickly, very quickly. The Word of God tells us to be careful, to be still and know that He is God, to wait upon the Lord and to wait upon instruction from the Holy Spirit, to pray about things, to seek the Word of God. Those are things we need in making good decisions. Yet I can't tell you the number of people that I've counseled over the years who basically went out to make a purchase and made a radical decision very fast that they regretted. It's called buyer's remorse. They went out and bought a car. Maybe their budget was scheduled to be $50,000 for a car or $20,000 for a car or $10,000 for a car. That's all they could afford. But the salesman started talking to them. The next thing you know, they wound up buying something that was far greater than what they should have bought and they made a decision based upon outside pressure. We should never make decisions based upon pressure placed upon us by other people. You know, the Word of God even tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and verse 7, tells us how to deal with pressure to even give. Listen to these words, because it's important we understand this, that the Lord doesn't like anyone to feel pressure to give. If that pressure is there, we need to avoid it, and we need to seek God for direction. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Isn't that interesting that even in the Word of God, when God's talking about giving of our finances or giving of our time, we should never be pressured into it. We should not be reluctant now to give, but on the other hand, we also should not be pressured by someone telling us, give, 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 or else, or else, or else. If you you do that, you're allowing yourself to be manipulated and you're not listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to be careful here that you understand. I believe that the Word of God tells us that we should give a portion of our income to the work of the Lord and we should sponsor our local church that we're going to help pay their bills and their expenses and we should give money to our church. When we make money that comes in, we should give back to the church that is blessing us and taking care of us and ministering to us. We should also reach out and give to the needs of others, but not because we received a letter in the mail with a bunch of pictures that made us feel uncomfortable or something that made us feel like if we don't give to these people, we're a bad person or something. It's very important we listen to the Word of God when it comes to making decisions. And in the area of financial decisions, these are things that can hurt you financially and cause you to have a best bad testimony. And many times people will get frustrated with being asked by the church to give and will walk away from the church. And that's something that the Lord certainly doesn't want and something that we should never have happen in our life. So with that, in mind, we've got to be careful to make good decisions based upon wisdom and understanding and the guidance and direction from the Holy Spirit as we pray and the Word of God as we read and seek for His instructions. Previously, I mentioned that decisions start off every day. Every time we get up, there's decisions that we have to make. And a lot of people are not prepared to make those decisions. Some people feel that they don't want to be pressured to make those decisions. Well, if you feel that, then you should find someone else to help you. And we should seek counsel in making good, godly decisions. 
The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs, chapter 27, verse 9, it says, The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. What it means, it'll be a blessing to you. It'll be peaceful to you. You know, the heartfelt, the true counsel of a friend will help us. Many times we need to sit down and seek for guidance and counsel. It kind of reminds me of the time that I was thinking about going into business with a man who was not a Christian at the time. And so I talked to my pastor and I said, I just want to get some direction from you and some counsel. So I told my pastor that this gentleman I knew was not a Christian. He was a a good man, a good businessman, a fair businessman, but he wasn't a Christian. And I didn't want to violate the word of God that says to not to be unequally yoked with other people. Meaning that, you know, if you've got someone who's saved and someone who's not saved, that maybe they shouldn't get together. Well, my pastor basically corrected me. He says, you need to be sure and understand that what that scripture is talking about is that other people would have a negative impact on you. And he said, in this particular case, if you're going to be a partner with this person and you're going to have the final decision and you're going to be the one in more authority than him, but he will be a partner with you, then I believe that your decisions will be an impact on him. And he's not going to be a negative impact on you because you're going to be talking to him about the right things to do and the right ways to do it. You're going to try and get him to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You'll be a better impact on him and he will not be a negative impact on you. So it was interesting that I needed that counsel. And to this day, you can tell that was years ago. That was probably 40 years ago. I asked that question of my pastor and he was basically telling me that I would be the one to influence him to make right decisions and have a right relationship with Christ. And because of that, it would be a mistake not to do something with him and do some business transactions with him, but always stay in control and in charge. That's interesting because a lot of people think that because you're a Christian, you're not allowed to make a decision to do any business or anything with a non-believer, someone who doesn't know the Lord. Well, it, it can be dangerous if you're a person who's easily influenced. If you're easily influenced, then I would encourage you not to do business with non-believers. But if you're the person who's going to be the influencer of other people and you're going to make an impact on their life, then I believe it's a good decision to do that. So let's move on to a couple of topics I want to talk about before this podcast is over. One is called impulse purchases. The other one is called buyer's remorse. I made a comment earlier about one of those items, but I want to spend a little more time on it right now to get clarity on that when it comes to making good decisions. Let's look at impulse purchases first. That can be a range of things. It can be something as simple as stopping to get an ice cream cone on the way home from work, or it could be something large like go in to buy a car for 50 grand and spending $100,000. So let's talk about that a little bit in detail. An impulse purchase is basically something that we do without concern about how it will impact our finances, or we're not concerned about whether the Holy Spirit wants us to do it or not. And because I'm talking about this topic doesn't mean that I haven't made mistakes in that area of impulse purchases. I remember one time when I was a home builder, I would purchase a lot to build a custom home on it and sell the lot. Well, I found a lot that just looked like it would be a good deal, a sweet deal. I didn't spend a lot of time evaluating it. I didn't really do all my due diligence, which is something that is crucial when you're making those kind of decisions. And I kind of bought the lot very quickly without doing any much analysis. And it turned out to be a very bad purchase. We built a home on it and it took us years to get it finished and built and so, so that was something I learned from, but something I wish I had never done. Now, when we get down to impulse purchases, it's something we do when we feel pressure. It's something we do when we feel we need to bless ourselves. There are people that I've counseled in their finances in the area of bi- biblical financial 
counseling, and they'll tell me that they just seem to have a problem when it comes to spending money. They just want to always treat themselves. They feel like they work hard, and so they deserve a treat. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with giving yourself a treat from time to time, but to feel that you need to treat yourself every day after a day's work to go out and spend money that you should be saving some of it or should be taking care of controlling other expenses or paying bills off and treating yourself to going out to eat and those things that can just destroy a budget. I know a couple, recently I was talking to an elderly couple and they were telling me that they have worked hard all their life. They don't understand why their money is so tight and they just basically have decided that from now on, because they work so hard in their life, and these are not wealthy people. These are people just getting by paycheck to paycheck. I should say social security check to social security check. But they have this bad habit they've fallen into, which is to go out to eat all the time. And they think because they don't eat a lot, that it's cheaper to do that. Well, we added up how much they're spending on their eating out and how much it would cost if they stayed at home and used their finances. And they basically realized that they were throwing away about $400 a month more than what they really could afford to spend. And they did that on the impulse. They would be sitting around and say, well, let's not do this or let's not do that. Let's just go ahead and run out and buy something and bring it home. Those impulse purchases are things that will destroy a budget. They're things that will rob you of confidence in trusting in the Lord to meet your financial needs. And it's something that is not really ordained by the Lord to allow outside pressures to cause us to make purchases on an impulse. To tell you how big impulse purchases are in this country, all you have to do is go to a grocery store or go to a big Walmart. And if you notice when you're checking out on the lines on both sides of you are all these little products, these little inexpensive little dollar here, dollar and a half there, two dollars here, 75 cents items or candy bars or gum or whatever. And those are called impulse purchases. People have bought their products, they bought their groceries, and now they're checking out. And on the way out, the store wants to get one more shot at them and people will grab that stuff and keep throwing it in their shopping cart and will spend money that quite frankly they don't necessarily need to spend and they'll make an impulse purchase. Other purchases that are impulse can be as bad as just going out for a Sunday drive and then going by, I know a couple that went by an RV place to look at these big motor homes that were out there and they thought, well, let's just go and take a look. We don't really want to buy anything. And they wound up buying, you know, a $200,000 recreational vehicle that they were paying like eight or nine hundred dollars a month for because they thought it would save them so much money on their vacation plans and they bought it and it wasn't more than just you know a month or so later that they had what we call buyer's remorse now that's the second topic i'm going to talk about buyer's remorse buyer's remorse is something that you make a purchase and then right after you do it you're sorry about it you you regret that you ever made the purchase now we've all done that the example I gave you of me purchasing a lot, I had buyer's remorse on buying that property to put a house on it, but then I was stuck. I kind of had to work through it in order to not lose money on the deal. And buyer's remorse is something that comes upon us because of a lack of control in our decisions. We make decisions based upon the current circumstances or upon maybe a need that we feel we have or someone talking us into it, putting pressure on us to make this purchase. A lot of times when you go to purchase an automobile, the and I'm not putting down car dealers or car salesmen, but, but this is just how they operate. They'll ask you, well, how much of a payment can you afford? They don't want to talk to you about the price of the car or the size of your loan. They just want to ask you, what's the payment that you can afford? Well, by doing that, they get you into a payment that you feel is acceptable, but then you don't realize that instead of having a four-year or five-year car loan, you're going to wind up with a seven or eight-year car loan. So the payment will be smaller and will fit your budget. With that, you 
most likely will get buyer's remorse when you wake up and think, oh my goodness, I got to make this payment for eight years in order to get that car paid off. So with that, we should avoid, as a Christian, as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, we should avoid at all as much as possible, impulse purchases that make a negative impact on our finances. Now, a small thing like picking up a cup of coffee here or checking out of the store and buying an extra dollar of this or that, that's not all that bad. But but when impulse purchases make a negative impact on your budget or they cause you to spend far more than what you should be spending, then we've got to avoid that and run from that and go back and seek God's wisdom, His guidance, and the Holy Spirit to help us not get stuck in those things. When we make a purchase that we regret, many times you're, you can be in a position where you can actually get out of that purchase. I remember once I bought a car and on the way home from the car dealership, the transmission was acting up funny. This was a brand new car. And so I got home and I read up on it and I should have read up on it before I bought the car, but I read up on it that there was a problem with their transmissions and they didn't have a fix for it, but that they would repair anything that broke down. So I took it back to the dealer and he said, no, it's too late. It, you can't return it now because it's too late. You've already done all the work. And I said, no, you sold me a car with a defective factory transmission and I want my money back. And I had to be very forceful but they did reverse the deal and they allowed me to get out of it. That was buyer's remorse. Even though it wasn't an impulse purchase, I had planned it, I had worked on it. You can have an impulse purchase that is okay, but you can also have an impulse purchase that basically turns out to be bad because you experience buyer's remorse. So I think I've beat that up enough and I think we'll just make a quick review of what we've covered today. First of all, in all decision-making, we should be still and know that God is Lord, and He's in charge, and He's God. So therefore, we must seek His wisdom, His direction. And then in Proverbs 27, 9, remember it said, The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. So we must seek counsel and help in all that we do. In the book of Proverbs, it tells us there is safety in having many advisors. So we should seek counsel and advice from those who we trust and have confidence in. In Proverbs chapter 3, it says, My child, never forget the things I've taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. In verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. You see, if we do that and just depend on all, only our understanding and our advice and our direction and our, quote, wisdom, which many times we lack in that area, we will not really make the right decision. In verse 6, it says, Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. And verse 7, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. You see, throughout the Word of God, every decision we're ever going to want to make, there's guidance and direction and wisdom. So let's find those scriptures. We're going to go through those in the weeks to come. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about the book of Proverbs and the book of Psalms, which gives great advice for how to live a life filled with peace and joy and happiness and receive wisdom and guidance from the instructions from the Lord. So with that, I pray that you'll be blessed. So I hope today that you received something very special from this podcast, especially in the area of what God's Word has to say about proper decision-making. So as we continue on in this series dealing with how to deal with the issues we face in life, I believe from time to time we'll be discussing the topic of making good decisions and knowing that God is in them and that He is guiding and directing our thoughts and the decisions that all of us will make. So let me just pray for you as we close. Father, thank you again for the opportunity I've had to bring this session, this message, Lord, to those who are listening in. Pray that you would continue to bless it and use it, that those who 
who've heard this teaching, Father, will take it to heart, Lord, and will become better decision makers, Lord. Not that I have all the answers, but Father, you do. God, you are our source in everything, God. You're our source of strength, of guidance, and direction. We thank you for it now and give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, I hope this has been a blessing to you and been helpful in your decision-making process. There's a lot of decisions we have to make. Matter of fact, I'm working on a decision as to what my next topic will be, the next podcast will be, and I believe it's going to be something like how to find peace from poor decisions. It's one thing to know how to deal with making good decisions, but what do you do when you've made a bad decision and that bad decision has caused a lot of trials, a lot of challenges in your life, either financially or spiritually or relationship-wise. So we're going to tackle that and see what the Lord has to say about how to find peace from poor decisions. That'll be our next podcast, number 111. So with that, if you would like to get additional information on some of these teachings that I have, I'd like you to go to my webpage found at davidcfriendauthor.com. And when you get there, you'll find a list of books that I've written, some dealing with finances, others dealing with faith. My faith book is entitled Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. It's a book based upon the teachings of the Apostle Paul about calling forth those things that are not as though that they are. In addition to that, there's a book in there on how to get out of debt. It's called Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. I hope that that would be a blessing to you. And I've also written another book on generosity called Generosity, What's in It for Me? So there's a few more dealing with veterans and things. So I hope that'll be a blessing to you. I'm not trying to do a hard sell on you, but I'd sure like you to know that those materials are available to you. In addition to that, if you would like to, you could subscribe to my podcasts on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So once again, I hope that this has been a blessing. We're going to continue teaching in the area of life issues. Topics that are going to come up are going to have to do with understanding how to receive wisdom. I know all of us certainly need that. That's what I'm looking forward to teaching on. In addition to that, on how we can have better relationships with our family, our marriage, our friends, our children. We'll be getting into that in upcoming weeks. So we've got a long list of topics and subjects dealing with basically the issues we face every day in life. So with that, I just pray now that the Lord will bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you might want to let your friends know, the tune in and upcoming podcasts, I'm sure will be a blessing to them. So until next time, may God richly bless you.